0: morelikeradio.com. It's our duty to entertain you. (laughs) I said duty.
1: Only alcohol can make life bearable. You must drink... Always drink.
0: I blame this all on Kevin DMU. Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? We, we hung out with, with Kevin from Alcohol by Volume,
1: and he only says like three words. He, he's like really shy. He really talked to me towards the end of the night when he was drinking more. Man, he, he was he was right there with us, talking a mile a minute.
0: Alcohol by volume? Oh, I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol by volume, awesome chill. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show. Because by hour two, he's blitzed. I oh, bet. Oh, it's awesome. Because it's a beer show. Kevin, some stupid kid. Weird place. Polish last name, yeah. Where's your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's? Alcohol, my body. Alcohol, my body. I shove alcohol in my butthole. That's not it? nothing to do with butthole. I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like drinking a vitamin, kind of, right? So you're blaming the drunker? Yes, I'm blaming the MLR drunker, Kevin. Hello, Barzinger. I have thought it over, and far from being a fat pig, you are very nice, and I would like another drink. Drink a barf, drunky.
1: I guess it helps if I actually turn my fucking mic on How <laughs> alcohol by volume? Episode number 83 It's Tuesday, September 23rd, 2014 It is 6pm uh, here on the East Coast If you're listening live And uh, if you're listening live, you should join the chat MorelikeRadio.com slash live If you're listening via podcast We're live here every Tuesday night I don't know why I say we Like the fucking royal we What the fuck is wrong with me? Uh, every Tuesday night, 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. The only time that really matters, as we all agree. If you would like to Skype in to the show, it's alcohol by volume, all one word. Or if you do not have Skype and you would prefer to use the old-fashioned telephone, the number is 862-345-7125. The easy way to remember it: is 862-ALCOHOL. Ah, so, uh, hey, okay, we got some people in the chat. We got Irish Storm, we got Country Storm. Welcome aboard. Um, <laughs> yeah, she says, got it right, logged in before, click chat. Yeah, I've, I've made that mistake before too. So, that is how you do it. Uh, so, let's see. Uh, what have I had going on? I actually have not bought a lot of beer over the past week, which is kind of shocking for me. Um, the only stuff I bought, uh, well, I bought I bought some stuff for the show that is not specifically beer tonight, but I will be getting into that shortly. Uh, but I did uh, get three single bottles of stuff. I tried, um, I tried terrapins, uh, chocolate, muhu, milk stout again. Ugh. I I still I still am not a big fan of that one for some reason. Um, it comes across as too bitter to me. But I gave it another shot. Thinking maybe my palate had evolved, and I don't know. Just that one does. That is one of those milk stouts that does not do it for me for some reason. And terrapin's usually pretty good, so just just my taste. Then I also got a bottle of uh, Jacko uh, Traveler Jacko Shandy, which is uh, Traveler's pumpkin seasonal, uh, but in shandy form. And that one's actually pretty good. I got uh, suggested that by a colleague at work, and. Meant to get a bottle, finally did. Had it tonight, before the show, actually. And it was very delicious. It still had that Shandy-like quality, but it worked in the pumpkin and the spices really well. Nicely balanced, no complaints about that whatsoever. Uh, that's one. That's a pumpkin beer I'd actually buy a six-pack of at this point because most others I've, I've had. I've had, and I don't know that I'd want a whole six-pack of them. And then the last uh, single beer I got was um, a Rodenbach ale. I had never had this before. I saw it offered at my local store in a um, like a 750 milliliter bottle and a um, six pack. Now it's a uh, it's a Flanders red, so it's got that sour to it. But if I recall correctly, the six pack was only 17.99, which is cheap for a sour. Uh the cheapest six pack of sours and usually sours end up coming either single large bottles that are about that same price or in a four pack that is above $20. I know Monk's Cafe is like that too. Monk's Cafe, one of my absolute favorites, but it's I want to say it's at least like 22 bucks for a four pack. Well worth it, but not something I can do all that often. Rodenbach at like 17.99 That's something I could do a little bit more frequently, but I did not want to go the full six-pack route just yet. I saw they had it in the build-a-six-pack selection, so I grabbed a bottle of that, had it, delicious, very pleased with that. That's one I'm going to try again at some point. Uh, When I get that hankering for a sour, or hankering, what the fuck? What's with my verbiage today? Um, If I get that craving for a sour and I don't feel like spending $20, $25 on... One seven hundred fifty milliliter bottle, like you know, from Jolly Pumpkin or from uh, the brewery or anything like that. Rodenbach is probably a good way for me to go, and I'd I'd say that if if you want to try a Flanders red for the first time, that might be a good, less expensive entry point for you. Um, I mean, I know you can get sour ales from a lot of the domestic breweries here, but they're not quite the same as the imports. Um, sour, yes, but um, Well, then again, you know, I I, I take that back. I, except for the people like the brewery Jolly Pumpkin, those that really specialize in it. But again, you're gonna you're gonna pay a premium for those. Jolly Pumpkin, I rarely see a bottle of anything from them um, less than twenty dollars. The brewery. The only times I have had anything of theirs less than $20 one was some kind of brown ale so it wasn't a sour the other was a very low alcohol I think it was like a 3.2 uh, Berliner Weiss and while it has that tartness a little bit of sourness to it it doesn't quite have that punch that a full blown like Flanders Red might have so if you're looking to dip into sours and you want to go for the, like, the genuine original import article go for some Rodenbach check it out um. Make sure you do not get the Rodenbach Grand Cru. Make sure you get the Rodenbach Ale. That is a uh, important distinction because the large bottles of it look very similar to each other. But that was that was basically it for me for beer purchasing over the past week. Um. Uh, the stuff that I still have left from scrams, I I actually drank the um. RJ Rocker's uh, Rock Hopper IPA, and then I have uh, the actually the last thing I have from him is the uh, it's I don't even know the brewer of it. It's it's Two Captains Double IPA. It's something from well I, I'm trying to remember Sweden or Norway or something. It's it's something kind of Scandinavian area. Uh, I know Roy Black on Crack may end up uh, correcting me on this at some point if he's uh, popping in tonight um oh also i did um i'm trying to remember what night that was uh might it might have been sunday um i finally drank my bottle of dogfish head 120 minute ipa i had kept saving it saving it thinking i want to save it for the right time right time and i realized the right fucking time was never coming I was going to have it the, the night that my daughter was born, but I had not chilled it in advance, and I wasn't able to get like an ice bucket into the hotel room, or hotel, hotel, wasn't a hotel, the hospital room. So I ended up just going out and getting some cold beer that night. But um, finally had it, and wow. I mean, it it's good, it's very good, and one bottle of that stuff is all you need. Um, I don't remember the ABV of it, but uh, going going by calculated calories on that one 12 ounce bottle was like 530 calories so you can kind of do the math from there like jesus it was very much a sipping kind of drink that was that was definitely not one you chug it took me probably probably the better part of an hour to finish and I, i poured it into a glass so i mean sipping it from the glass took me a better part of an hour but well well worth it very smooth the initial sip kind of knocks you on your ass but after that it, it it really mellows out really good if you're able to if you like Ipas and you're able to get a hold of a bottle of that which in a lot of areas it's not easy it's it's high in demand. Uh, check it out try it out um, and then I think the only other bottle of uh, gifted beer that I have left is uh, hold on a second I'm forgetting the name of it now Ugh. got it down here in a box. I have not put it in the fridge yet to chill. Uh, Oh, okay, from uh, Mitch and Sherry, I have Liftbridge Silhouette Barrel Aged Imperial Stout, the 2014 vintage 10% alcohol by volume aged in bourbon barrels. I am uh, waiting on this one. Um, Not quite sure when I'm going to have that, but... It's, it's a barrel-aged stout. It's, it's not going to go bad. I mean, aging is only better. Um, in fact, I have a feeling that one... Oof. Oh, fucking. This is the peril of having a floor down here that is not even. I roll away from the desk. Um, I have a feeling the silhouette, I may wait until a particularly cold night, whether it's a cold autumn night or a cold winter night, but a cold night nonetheless, to crack that open... Uh, particularly uh, an evening that i don't have work the next day and enjoy that uh, so if if mitch and sherry are listening which they probably are they're probably on the road um i do still have the silhouette capped here have not dipped into it yet but i am i'm holding on to it and uh, waiting and waiting for for just the right weather to hit for that one um i think i, I think that's it. I, I i have a couple bottles of that um uh, coffee oatmeal brown left on that uh from that uh six pack that I got the previous week but I'm I'm running out I still have that box of wine in the fridge from um that one episode what episode was it was that the was that like a April Fool's Day episode or something that I had the box of wine I think I think that was I think that was when I had the box of wine because little Matt suggested I'd be drinking from that I think I have maybe about a third of that thing left um But, uh, what I'm drinking tonight, again, I will get into that very, very shortly, but it's actually very delicious. And it is 6% EBV, so I'm not, like, drinking something non alcoholic. But, first, before I get into the topic and, uh, one of the big stories of the week, dip into some of the, uh, little stuff. Hey! It's Little Matt. Little Matt enters the chat. Hello, sir. Uh, that... Nuevo Bar Kickstarter that I mentioned maybe a month or so back. Unfortunately, that one failed. If you don't remember, it was basically a uh, computerized cocktail system where you put the ingredients into the thing and it it mixes everything up for you. It has recipes built in whatnot. Well, their funding got canceled five days ago, disappointingly. Um, And it wasn't even like they were really close to their goal. I think it was like a $10,000 goal. They hit... Just shy of four thousand, so kind of a shame. Um, I'm I'm a little bummed because it would have been neat, to, to you know have one of those come in my way. But I'm also kind of relieved to not have to toss two hundred fifty dollars at a Kickstarter product that I probably really don't need either. Uh, but spe- speaking of Kickstarters that were more successful, Stone's Kickstarter. They're finally starting to take information from people, shipping information and whatnot for people that chipped into that kickstarter and initially when i did my um the 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 level that i did for the kickstarter it was just for a um for a stone berlin t-shirt and i'm like okay yeah that's cool i got no problem with that and then they actually upped it to a t-shirt and a uh, pint glass a stone berlin pint glass i'm like okay cool even better and then finally, they upped it one more time, so you get two pint glasses and the T-shirt. And I think I donated—I mm, want to say 30 bucks. Not not bad at all, especially for some you know kind of exclusive items. I mean, I'm I'm never going to make it to Berlin, not anytime soon, at least to to visit Stone out there when they're up. But uh, so I'll have that coming my way soon. So I think that's kind of cool. I'm always I'm always in the market for um, I'm always in the market for more drinking glasses especially since i fucking shattered my river horse pint the other week and um i'm always in the market for more beer shirts too and speaking of um decent kickstarters and shirts uh little matt says the shirt is lovely by the way kevin and the bonus already came in handy yes yes for those international uh buyers that i had to had to ship to um roy black on crack and little matt I also included a uh, stack of alcohol by volume coasters, so he is using that bonus already. Uh, he says, "I am lovely. It's 8 a.m. and I'm wasting my holidays on this goof." Hey, come on! 8 a.m. Jesus, pff, lucky bastard. Uh, let's see. So, aside from Kickstarters and whatnot, um, let's get in. Let's get into uh, travel plans here from the Belfast Telegraph. So, if if you're a guy. Thinking of traveling to, I don't know, say Cameroon. Don't order a Baileys in a bar. Man who drank Baileys Irish cream jailed for, quote, being a homosexual. One case of how gay people are treated in Cameroon. A human rights lawyer has described the horrendous treatment experienced by gay people in Cameroon where drinking a Baileys could put you in prison. Michelle Togue... A Cameroonian lawyer said he had defended dozens of gay people, but few were ever caught in the act. Mr. Togue, speaking to the Think Progress blog, said the African country, of course, damn Africans, uses gender stereotypes to convict gay individuals. Homosexuality is banned in Cameroon and since 1972 has carried a prison sentence of five years. In one instance, a client of Mr. Togue's was convicted for his feminine mannerisms. And drinking Bailey's Irish Cream, a choice which the judge felt was a woman's drink. Oh. Otherwise, it's not much of a drinking story, but Jesus Christ, I like Bailey's. If I ordered a clue and cream, they'd probably be like, oh, you're a faggot. Get in jail now. Where everybody will rape your fine white ass. Or something, I don't know. I don't even know what the fuck that accent was. I think it was um, James Earl Jones in Coming to America or something. Um... Forgetting what the name of that uh, that fictional country was now um, Zamuda, I think something like that. I haven't seen that movie in ages. Um, but in, uh, in in better better flavored news, you know, because I got uh, well, I can't segue for shit. So I'll take a sip really quick. Uh, I actually posted this on the uh, Facebook group at facebookcom groups volume. This is from the Daily Mail UK. Starbucks is testing a new Guinness-flavored coffee. Oh, my God. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, I so fucking want that. I want Starbucks and Guinness blended together, and then I can have my taste of Guinness in the morning, and, and maybe if it tastes like Guinness, I can... Add some Guinness to it and get drunk and nobody will think anything worse of me in the morning. I'll just be like, no, it tastes like Guinness. Okay, whatever. Um, It's called Dark Barrel Latte. It's topped with whipped cream and a dark caramel sauce and flavored coffee syrup that tastes like Guinness. The beverage may taste like beer, but it contains no alcohol. And the drink is available in limited Starbucks locations in Ohio and in Florida, so I've, I've commissioned uh, Marie and Royce that uh, when it reaches their particular neck of the woods to try it out, report back to me. Um, so, let's see, further in the article, uh, top of the cream, blah, 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 designed to taste like dark Irish beers such as Guinness, Starbucks promises customers that while the coffee tastes like beer, there's no al- actual actual oof alcohol in the drink. Uh, the new beer flavored coffee drink is limited, but franchise still testing, so it's test markets right now. Um, so it's select stores in Columbus, Ohio, and some in Florida. They didn't say where in Florida. So far, some who've tasted the beverage had a hard time believing it's not beer and love the taste. Uh, others dislike the new flavor and warn people against ordering the drink. Let's see here. We have Twitter user Kayla. Tried the new dark barrel latte from Starbucks. Basically tastes like a beer, but with espresso. Hashtag not bad. Hashtag the new white girl wasted. Hashtag espresso buzzed. Hashtag I fucking hate long hashtags. Stop with your long hashtags. Um, let's see. Uh, somebody else. Let's see. Twitter user Christian Juth. Severely disappointed in Starbucks. The dark barrel latte is horrid. Bring back my salted caramel latte to Ohio, please. Um... Somebody else, Jenny Tatum, said don't try the Dark Barrel Latte from Starbucks because it's this icky mix of molasses and almost beer taste. She probably just doesn't like Guinness. Fuck her. Uh, Starbucks locations offering the drink give customers the opportunity to fill out a survey detailing what they like and don't like about the drink. They also answer questions about the drink itself. A packet detailing the beverage rights of the new product. Inspired by the rise of craft beers, Dark Barrel brings together savory, toasty malt and chocolatey taste topped with sweet, dark caramel drizzle this sophisticated combination offers a compl- uh, delicious complexity that builds with every sip. Um, and if I was to order this, I, I don't even know if I'd necessarily need the caramel drizzle and I definitely wouldn't need the whipped cream, but I kind of get where they're, oh, excuse me, going for with that, you know, get the, the head on the Guinness. Um, wait, hold on a second here. Um, oh, and Shaban said it might be in Boston soon. She saw it on the news. That would be awesome a uh, little map, blah 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 whipped cream. Kevin's multitasking with fetish articles during the show. Um <laughs> Let's see. Uh nope, no no fetish articles here. Just um I usually take at least twenty pounds off models. Confessions of a magazine retoucher reveal just how much the fashion industry slims women. Yeah, whatever. You can expect that from the Daily Mail. Um oh, other more traditional coffee flavors currently being tested are the cherries Jubilee Mocha. That also sounds delicious. Not beer related, but fine and Chestnut Praline Latte. I would drink both of those. Um, let's see. Um, and uh, the, the, last, the last Twitter comment that they put on this article, uh, Noel on Twitter, Noel Woods with two S's, um, The Dark Barrel Latte at Starbucks literally tastes like drinking a Guinness in the early morning. Behind that, not one bit. I would gladly drink a Guinness in the morning if it was socially acceptable. Um. See if there are any worthwhile comments on this article. Um. There's nothing sacred. Blah blah blah. Um. And the bah, da, da, da. Uh, Want my coffee to taste coffee my beer to taste like beer. Well, what if you want beer that tastes like coffee? I mean, that works too. Come on. Ah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah the commenters don't seem to be all that amused by it but whatever i'm i'm very very excited about that and hopefully it will hit a market near me soon um <laughs> what, the, what the hell Lo oh, matt no it was um i think it was i think it was this uh i, be- I believe it was that one <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he needs to be tweeted at all of course not <laughs> i mean you know, why, why wouldn't he, you know, if he doesn't like Guinness in the morning, you know, it just, just means he's not a functioning alcoholic. That's all. Um, let's see. Oh, okay. Opposite direction here. Um. Speaking of beer or beer, ugh, coffee that's flavored like beer, we have Uh, coffee. Wait. Coffee flavored like beer? Well, it's not really in the other direction, I guess. It's still coffee. But, uh I don't know where I was going with that. It's definitely not the opposite direction. I, I have not had that much to drink tonight, and I still can't talk. This is cold brew coffee with hops in it. Um, got this from firstwefeast.com. It's Corvus Hopped Coffee. Small batch roasted. Um, let's see. It's a bottled cold brew. It's been dry hopped with whole cone citra hops from Washington State. Uh, While it sounds a little weird, the combination makes sense. Cold brewed coffee often has citrus notes and citra hops are known for their intense citrusy aroma. Uh, In fact, I can post an image of this stuff in the chat. Uh, Oh god. (laughs) Welcome to the chat, Dennis. Um, So that is the Corvus hopped coffee right there. Um, The thought of smelling hops and tasting coffee with your breakfast brew might take some getting used to. Currently, Corvus sells 12 packs for pickup or office delivery in Denver. So it's Only in Denver thus far, Um, but I might have to see if uh, this stuff ends up getting a life elsewhere, where, you know, buy it on Amazon, buy it on eBay, something like that, so I'll be keeping an eye out for that, because I'd be curious about it. I don't know if I'd want to buy a whole fucking 12-pack, but see how it is. And got a couple here from the drinks business. Alcohol Safety Band, praised by Microsoft. A bracelet designed by students that can detect levels of alcohol in someone's system and check in to ensure the wearer is conscious has been praised by Microsoft. Now, um, I suppose this could be useful for the friend who's always drinking until he or she blacks out. And no, Dennis, that's not me. I've only blacked out a couple times. Uh, You just need to convince them to actually wear this thing. So it's called Vive. It's a non-working prototype designed by students at the University of Washington, and it was presented at the annual Design Expo at the Microsoft Research facility. Uh, I'm sorry, Microsoft Research Faculty Summit uh, this week, raising some, God damn it, raising some interesting questions over its practical use to prevent drunkenness and potentially dangerous situations. The wristband monitors levels of alcohol and dehydration and will vibrate periodically prompting the wearer to check in by squeezing the device to indicate they're conscious and having fun. Now, I know it has a gyroscope, accelerometer and everything and you know that's probably part of the part of the vibration in there. Um I don't know if, you know, if you've ever been drinking heavily and you don't feel your phone vibrate for instance. They better have a very strong vibration on this otherwise they're they're gonna completely miss it but anyway uh check-ins become more frequent when the device senses alcohol levels are rising (laughs) should aware or not respond the bracelet is able to alert a friend via their smartphone already linked up to the bracelet to check their okay providing their location (laughs) using gps i could see parents using this thing i mean i i guess um given the gps it, it would be a method to keep the kids from taking it off and, you know, just tossing it somewhere. But, uh, yeah, I could just see this as a parental leash. You better not go out and party. Oh, look, they're drinking. Let's go get them now. Um, Project one, best product at the Microsoft design event, which was founded more than 10 years ago, blah, blah, blah. Uh, no comments on this one. So it's an interesting idea. Um, pr- the practicality of it, I... I for friends watching out for other friends, I don't necessarily see it being used as a I see it as a a parental tool, honestly that's what I see happening with this thing um yeah, little Matt's not being nice in the chat apparently wait, did you say hello little matt um little matt little matt little matt um I guess maybe he kinda did. I don't know. Uh, and, okay, last one here from Drinks Business. Uh, brewery launches champagne beer. Uh, British Brewing Company has launched what it describes as a champagne-style sparkling beer. Savor Beer, based in Windsor, has teamed up with Bolney Wine Estate to brew a 10.5% ABV Belgian-style golden ale using the Methode Champenoise. In a bid to create a rich, clean taste in the fizz of sparkling wine, Saber Beer founder Sandy Kirkpatrick said the project had been driven by his obsession of getting the best tasting beer using only traditional methods and ingredients. He said, I wanted to create a fantastic tasting beer and also one that would alter people's perceptions about beer. Too many people have low expectations when it comes to beer in the U.K., and I feel that needs to change. The dominance of global lager brands has created some very deep-rooted perceptions of what beer is. I wanted to show people there's more to beer, both in terms of taste and appreciation. Uh, Method Champenoise is the traditional method used in the production of sparkling wines to remove the yeast after secondary fermentation. Uh, It's been brewed using 100% British malted barley and three yeast strains, having undergone a lengthy 100-day maturation period, during which the beer was riddled and disgorged the same way as champagne. Uh, Kirkpatrick describes the beer as having an elegant floral and spicy aroma, uh, complemented by a luxurious, rich body and effervescent finish. I'm curious about this. And they said uh, only a limited run of 670 bottles have been produced uh, on sale for 15 pounds can be found at London restaurants, including the Ledbury Shea Bruce, and the Square restaurant in Mayfair. So very limited release on this. It's an interesting idea, creating a sparkling beer. However, if eh, this guy's saying, you know, the dominance of global lager brands, you know, that perception of beer being, you know, Budweiser and shit like that. Um, and again, if you like Budweiser, fine you know that's your thing but uh, there's a lot else out there Um, but uh, I don't know if a beer like this is necessarily going to get the message across that there's so much more to beer out there Um, I would think this almost gives the wrong message and is trying to more create a crossover between the wine and beer audience Again, I would try this because a sparkling beer sounds very interesting. But I don't see this as being a bridge from the Budweiser drinker into, you know, craft or whatnot. Um, y- your typical, you know, macro brew drinker, I don't think they're going to take a look at this bottle and say, I didn't know they could do that. No, they're they're not going to. And it's if, especially you look at the bottle. And in fact, let me... Uh, copy the image of the bottle into the chat here um uh, let's see it it looks like a bottle of champagne i mean that's that's what it comes down to uh let's see um oh and, and uh scrolling back in the chat a little bit uh country storm said going to dinner after show trying to decide between dogfish head pumpkin ale and Magnolia Dark Star Light English Ale. I have not had the Magnolia. Uh, Dogfish Head Pumpkin is actually pretty good. I, I wouldn't rate it necessarily as one of my favorite pumpkin ales, but it, it's a good solid one. You can't really go wrong with it. Uh, Dennis says, UK has a low expectation of beer. Couldn't tell that by visiting East London. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. It. it I, I, I like the idea of this, but the message the guy is trying to send just seems completely off to me. He's he's aiming this in the wrong direction. But that's what he wants to do. I mean, again, he's he's only he's distributing it to restaurants. So, I would gather those particular restaurants that I mentioned in the article, was it the Ledbury, Shea Bruce and the Square restaurant in Mayfair. I have a feeling that's a certain kind of clientele. So, and it might be the kind of thing where it's a restaurant that may not ordinarily serve beer and and anybody in the uk can correct me if they want to but it may be the kind of you know restaurant that will serve sparkling wine and champagne and regular wines but not particularly beer and this may be the safe way for a guy to be able to order beer at dinner in one of these restaurants just a guess i don't know i i probably should have googled those restaurants to see but just my thought on that and then uh, before the before the full on topic of the week uh, this was the the big big story of the week uh, everybody was posting this all over the place and of course I was I was waiting to waiting to talk about it on the show Paps Blue Ribbon uh Paps Brewing Company sold to Oasis Beverages Um it's a Russian brewing company and distributor so now Paps Blue Ribbon is a hoody toity Russian import oh not really but you know what I mean According to the New York Times, Oasis will pay between 700 and 750 million for the brand. In addition to PBR, Pabst also makes Cult 45 and Old Milwaukee. In addition to other legacy brands and local favorites, including Lone Star, uh, Rainier, Old Style Schlitz, and National Bohemian. Um, let's see. Eugene Kashper, chairman of Oasis Beverages, and I'm going to assume this guy's Russian, uh, said. Pop's Blue Ribbon is the... see, I can't do a Russian accent. Pop's Blue Ribbon is the quintessential American brand. See, now I'm doing Yakov Smirnoff. It represents individualism, egalitarianism, and freedom of express. Wow, I'm completely losing it. Dennis is going to slaughter me when this feed catches up to the chat. Uh, freedom of expression, all the things that make this country great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Hopefully he was talking about uh, America, I guess, and even then freedom of expression. Ha ha ha! Uh, Cash Brewer will operate as the CEO and Paps headquarters will stay in Los Angeles. The move leaves few truly large American-owned brewers left, with Pennsylvania's Yingling and Boston Beer Company leading the way. Uh, the real question is, will Russian ownership make hipsters more or less likely to buy a case of PBR? Yeah, eh, hipsters are going to hipster, I suppose. Um yeah, watch watchpaps start invading other smaller craft brewers. Uh, let me see. I, I want to say there was something else. I, I had two articles pulled up for it. I can't remember if there was something else in the second article. Um. Yeah, not, eh, not a lot of different stuff here. Um. <laughs> although, um, uh, one of the commenters in the second article, uh, named Ooh La La Larry. I think that's actually a good username. Good. Congrats to the Russian company. What a good way to break the growing tension between us. Let's all drink beer and fuck whatever differences we have. That's a fair point there. So that was that was the big news story. Not a whole lot of detail on it, but is what it is. Pabst Brewing Company is now owned by a Russian brewing company and distributor. Not much is going to change. It's just going to be where the money's going to and where the money's coming from. That's That's really about it at this point yeah I know Yakov Smirnov somehow meshed into an Indian accent there and I have no idea how um, yeah it, it I, I I used to be able to fucking do that accent i I, I can't do it I can't do it um, I can I guess Russian's not an offensive enough accent for me to do i mean I could, I could you know read the articles in uh, a really bad Asian accent No? Okay. Let me get to the topic of the week here. And uh, that uh, goes into what I'm drinking right now. If you listened to last week, I teased this. I'm going to be talking about mead. Now, I actually have three different types of mead tonight. Um, Well, technically, I only have two with me. I did not bring the third bottle down because I didn't think I'd need it necessarily. But uh, if during the break I feel I need it, I'll grab it. Um so they're all from Bee Nectar, a meadery out of Michigan. The first one that I cracked open is Black Fang. It's a mead with blackberry, clove, and orange peel. The second one I have down here that I have yet to open is Evil Genius IPA-style mead. So it's a mead with hops. And then the last one I got that I may or may not drink tonight is Dwarf Invasion with cherry and hops. So... Um, Almost kind of a blending of the first two in a way except cherry instead of blackberry and minus the clove and the orange peel. So not really a blending at all, but fruit and hops instead of just fruit and instead of just hops. Uh. I also figured out why I thought I didn't like mead before. I had actually purchased a bottle from uh, of something from Bee Nectar before and when I was purchasing it last time, uh, you know when I'm picking up these bottles I discovered that the one I had had before and I'm trying to remember what the hell the name of it is now um like zombie killer or something like that it was actually a cider from them with like cherry and something else added and that would explain why I thought I didn't like mead um it, it wasn't mead it was actually a cider and it just happened to be a cider that I didn't like so um uh oh, Dennis is saying, "Hold on, now I'm now I'm worried about what's gonna go on in the chat here." Is he photoshopping my face onto Yakov Smirnoff, he is probably doing that. And then he's gonna put a little reset dot on my head too, just to confuse things. Ah, yeah. well, Dennis does that. Um, let me go here. Uh, the definition from Wikipedia for mead: an alcoholic beverage created by fermenting honey with water and in adulterated form with various fruits, spices, grains, or hops. So mine that I'm drinking right now, which is extremely delicious and actually dangerously so, very very dark, very reddish. I really like this one. And um, I was going somewhere with that. Um, The ones I have are not just the straight-up mead. Uh, I looked to see if Bee Nectar had any straight-up, you know just honey wine mead all of the ones they had there were flavored in some respect Uh, i think there was one that had like black pepper and something else so i mean a lot of different variety there um um wait (laughs) okay dennis says you like that shitty fucking cough serve tasting organic strawberry shit but you don't like mead Again, I thought I didn't like mead, but it was actually a cider that I had had that was not good. The first mead that I had was, and if Dennis listened last week, he'd know. <laughs> African-American pepper, yes. Um, the first mead I had was that uh, 19 Original Colonies mead from Rogue that Scrams gave me, And I thought it was goddamn delicious. And I was like, okay, maybe I've been wrong about this the whole time. And obviously I was. Because this one, Black Fang with blackberry, clove, and orange zest, is fucking delicious. And I would drink this all the time. Really, really, really good. In fact, let me see, where is Bee Nectar based out of... Ferndale, Michigan. I know Ferndale, Michigan. I could easily get to Ferndale, Michigan the next time I go home to visit my parents. So uh, next time I'm out in Michigan, I may actually go to Bee Nectar and uh, get some of their stuff straight from the source. Very good. Very easily available, at least here in Jersey. Most places seem to have at least a few different varieties. But uh, anyway, the terms uh, mead and honey wine... Are usually used synonymously, but some cultures differentiate. Hungarians, for example, consider mead to only be made of honey, water, and beer yeast, whereas honey wine is watered honey fermented by grapes or other fruit. So it's a, a little bit of difference there, but for the most part, people use them interchangeably. The ABV in them ranges from about mm, well, it's the article I was reading. It said eight percent at the low end to upwards of twenty percent. These ones from Bee Nectar are actually all in the six percent area, so you know. Uh, but they can go as high as twenty percent. The defining characteristic of them, though, is that the majority of the fermentable sugar comes from honey in these. So that's that's a big difference there between you know between mead and something like beer. It's known from many sources of ancient history throughout Europe, Africa, and Asia. And let me see here. I think I actually have some some mead drinking music. Do I? Oh, here we go. Okay. Um, this is not traditional mead drinking music, but th- this will work. This is actually uh, something from Skyrim, if people know cover of something from Skyrim. Eh, whatever. So um, the earliest record of mead in Asia dates to... Uh, between 7,000 and 6,500 BC in northern China, whereas in Europe it dates to between about 2,800 to 1,800 BC. During the This song is weird. Um, During the golden age of ancient Greece, mead was the preferred drink, even discussed by Aristotle. I'm going to turn this up for a little bit. It's not a good recording, but whatever
0: cause when raise
1: our flag into another dragon there is just one drink we need. Lord me okay uh, damn it I want to play Skyrim fuck in Finland a uh, sweet mead called Sima I believe I'm pronouncing that right S-I-M-A it's a seasonal brew connected with the Finnish Vapu or May Day Celebration it's usually spiced by adding lemon pulp and rind then during secondary fermentation, uh, raisins are added to control the amount of sugars as well as, and I think this is kind of creative, as well as acting as an indicator for when the mead is ready to drink. When it's ready to drink, the raisins float to the top of the bottle. I think that's actually kind of cool. I don't like raisins, but I think it's a good use of them. Um, Ethiopia even has their own blend of mead called Tej, which is usually homemade. Yeah, they, they don't have food there, but they have mead. figure. Go figure. Uh, it's flavored with the powdered leaves and bark of gesho, which acts as a bittering agent, not unlike hops. And I guess, you know, if you don't have food in Ethiopia, yeah, I guess you would want to get drunk and fucked up, right? So, varieties of mead it all depends on the source of the honey, ultimately. Um, the adjuncts used, you know, the fruits and spices, and the yeast used during fermentation. It's not all that different from how beers are differentiated. You're just working with some different materials, really. So, a mead that contains spices like cloves, cinnamon, or herbs like hops or even chamomile, they're called methaglin. And technically, all three of the varieties I bought would fall into that category. Um, a mead that contains fruit, however, is called a melomel. Not a lot of people will use these terms, uh, pretty much, you know, at competitions and things like that where they really want to specify. Um, and it's kind of like, you look at, um, again, you look at the classification of beers. Ale, lager, you know, it, and then it kind of branches from there. Uh, there's mold mead at the holidays, flavored with spices, and warmed traditionally by having a hot poker plunged into it. I wonder if they'd uh, allow a hot prick to be plunged into it. And if you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, listen to Dutch and Royce or Hippo Juice, and you'll understand the uh, origin with that word there. Um, if I ever have mold, mold mead, I'll probably be non-traditional because I'm not sticking a hot poker into it, and I'm definitely not sticking my prick into mead. Jesus Christ. Um, so let's see. I, I'm, Your dilemma didn't get ignored. I said you should have the dogfish head pumpkin. That is what, I, I've said that before. I'd rewind the tape, but I can't. <laughs> oh, yeah, and Siobhan says, as long as you strain those bastard raisins out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I am not a fan of raisins, even in rice pudding I kind of strewing them out of there too but it's a neat it's a neat way to know when your meat is ready and it's not like some gross sediment on top it's something you can easily scoop off the top there um oh, okay and Siobhan did uh <laughs> did uh did defend me there wasn't ignored he's just shit faced already yep um there are faux meads out there. They're actually wines with honey added after fermentation just to sweeten and flavor. So that just sounds really lame. Uh, mead can even be freeze distilled into a brandy called Honey Jack, much like cider can be made into Apple Jack. There are lots of. <laughs> it's okay, Country Storm, no problem. Uh, there are lots of other variants out there. There's some local. Sp- uh, ugh. Local specialties. Um, and then there are some that are more general. Um, I'll, I'll jump into a few because there are a shitload on this list here. Like, um, Balche is a native Mexican mer- version of mead. Uh, Acerglin is a mead made with honey and maple syrup. Um, let's see. Uh, do, 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 do. Um... Mm, mm, mm. Um, okay. Uh, Pitarila, a Mayan drink made from a fermented mixture of wild honey, balque, uh balque tree bark, and fresh water. Um, let's see. Piment blends honey and redder white grapes. Piment made with white grape juice is sometimes called white mead. Uh, yeah, like some of the some of them I'm seeing here uh, have to do with changing the ratio of honey to water, water to honey. Um let's see De-de-de-de-de. sac mead. This refers to mead that is made with more honey than is typically used. The finished product contains a higher than average ethanol concentration. Uh meads at or above fourteen percent ABV are generally considered to be of sac strength and often retains a high specific gravity and elevated levels of sweetness, although dry sack meads, which have no residual sweetness, can be produced. Uh, According to one theory, the name derives from the fortified dessert wine sherry, which is sometimes sweetened after fermentation, that in England once bore the nickname sack. Uh, Another theory is that the term is a phonetic reduction of sake, the name of Japanese beverage that was introduced to the West by Spanish and Portuguese traders. One of these days, I'm gonna have to kind of cover sake on the show too. I, I like sake, but that that's one that you really do not want to drink too much of. But uh, that might be a good that might be a good one for a for a winter show because I do love hot sake. It's very very good. Um, and then let's see, if there's any other interesting ones on here. Um, oh, okay, uh, sizer a blend of honey and apple juice fermented together. Um, so it, it I think that one. Um, the um, one from Bee Nectar that I didn't like. I think that one was actually technically a sizer. Um, so, very similar to a cider going on there. Uh, but that that's pretty much it with the varieties. Um, the largest meat event in the world takes place every March in Boulder, Colorado. It seems like Colorado gets all the good shit uh it's the mazer cup international mead competition and tasting event over 300 home meads and 200 commercial products in competition and of course this is when um you'll you know come into those different uh varieties the meth uh, the malomel stuff like that um like many other things mead has its own day it's august 3rd annually which apparently missed I didn't know I didn't know any better one great resource online I found for mead, and particularly if you want to make your own mead, uh, if you're a home brewer, write down to a mead calculator for your ingredients. It's gotmead.com. So if you're a home brewer looking for a new challenge, it might not be you know bad to check that out there. Mm. Um, let's see here. Okay, um, Shvan asked, um, is mead carbonated? Would you describe what it tastes like? Okay. Um, there is a little bit to it, but even, even pouring it into the glass, you don't get any kind of head on it. The closest I could, if I was going to compare it to some kind of beer, at least this particular one that I had, it had that feel of like a Belgian Lambic. Um, particularly this one with the blackberry in this, it had that kind of sweetness to it. Um, it doesn't have, it, it, like I said, there, there is some carbonation, but it seems to be very, very, very minimal. Um, and I may have potentially been imagining it too. Um, in fact, you know what, let me, let me test this here. Let me open the second bottle now. Uh, God damn it. I need more coasters around here. It's cause I sent them all to Matt and Roy. Oof. Okay. So if I get a little pop off those. There's there's a little bit, little bit, but it's it's really not much to speak of, honestly. Yeah, and Dennis is saying meat is closer to wine, not beer. So I mean, um, so you're you're not you're not getting that that fizzy carbonation level off of it, um, and it's and, you know it's why they call it honey wine too. Um, but there is there's a definite um, a definite different sweetness to it. Um. And obviously, you can you know you can have more of a dry mead too, and things like that. Um, that's actually kind of interesting. Um, saying consistency-wise, uh, Country Storm is saying his description makes me think of a flavored Guinness. Consistency-wise, this one that I had it was it was a very thick feeling drink. Um, not not thin at all. Um, like c- close to close to that thickness you get from a red wine for instance I, I know I'm not describing this the greatest I mean it's the first real but for instance the um, the mead that I had from Rogue that one seemed to have a lot more carbonation to it had a lot of bubbly effervescence to it again that was from Rogue so it, it could be a little different with how they were making that I'd really have to look into how um, they particularly made that one but I mean, Dennis is spot on. This is obviously closer to wine than to beer, but in in you know some respects, it does drink like a beer. Um, but you know what? Let me uh, let me pour this one here. This is the IPA style one called Evil Genius. Now this one's pouring extremely clear. Wow! Like once once I get it in the glass, I can see a little bit of a tinge, but. And uh, you know, tiny, the like the tiniest, tiniest, tiniest bit of head on top of it, and the bubbles coming up. But um, coloration of this one is very, very light. I mean, this this looks lighter than a Budweiser, if that tells you anything here. Ooh, but I can I can really smell the bitterness there. Now that's actually kind of interesting. It, it, you get the bitterness of the hops, but um, and some of some of that uh, some of that floral essence from the hops blending with the honey there. This one, I, mm, not at, definitely not as sweet as the other one, but orange peel and blackberry. You're not going to compete with sweetness on that. Mm. this one this one is I can't say for certain if I actually like it or not I'm not sure about it yet but it has that weird beer feeling quality to it with while clearly not being a beer Um. see okay now the first one I had Siobhan that one had more of a thickness to it when I was drinking it when I was swallowing it and I know that will be isolated somewhere, Dennis. Uh, Seven o'clock, even for you. Whereas this one, the Evil Genius IPA style mead, this one is extremely light, extremely light. Has the consistency of a a lighter cider, for instance. Um, Dennis in the chat saying the really good, thick, creamy, heavy sweet mead you couldn't get bottled anyway. Uh, I think some farms in PA make some fantastic mead that I may want to check out. Um, and I would gather, uh, <laughs> oh God. I would gather they're probably, well, I don't know. Would, would there be some wineries in PA that would make mead as well? Or do they really not cross-pollinate like that? I, I'm honestly not sure. That's why I'm asking. But this just shows two completely different ends of the spectrum. I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm looking at this glass and depending, holding it up, depending on where I hold it, Looking through it, I, I see almost no coloration to it. it it's really, really interesting here.
0: Mm.
1: Again, I'm not 100% certain what I think of the taste yet. I guess it's neither a like nor a dislike on this one. It's it's different, and it's something I wanted to try, something di- very different from the Blackberry Clove and Orange Peel. So I don't know, the... Um, <laughs> the um, other one that I got the fuck what the hell is it called uh dwarf invasion that one with the cherry and the hops that might be a crazy blending of the two I'll find out probably not tonight because I'm feeling these two are gonna do it for me um oh okay and uh one last little bit rather popular drinking literature and whatnot uh and you know the song I was playing that was uh, a song from Skyrim so from you know fiction um But, you know, Tolkien, uh, George R. R. Martin, Neil Gaiman. um, In uh, Gaiman's 2001 novel, American Gods, it was described as the drink of the gods. And I believe American Gods is actually going to be a TV series coming up at some point, backed by Brian Fuller, which uh, might be worth it. And uh, before I get a break, there is, uh, let's see, one uh, article I grabbed here from Time Magazine. Uh, This was... They published this back for Mead Day last year, but everything's still relevant here. Five essential things you should know about Mead. Um, some of the stuff in here I already covered, like the the earliest mead, you know from 7000 BC and whatnot. Uh, there's some cool shit in here though. Norse mythology tells of a mead of poetry that turned anyone who drank it into an instant scholar, able to recite items from memory and solve intractable quandaries. The legend goes that after a war between two rival factions, the gods sealed a truce by spitting into a bowl. The spit formed a new god, and I always, I've i never been sure how to pronounce this, but Kvasser. I know uh, Dogfish Head actually has a, a beer with that name, uh, who was renowned for his enemies. Enemies later killed Kvasr, mixed his blood with honey and let it ferment to form a mead that was said to provide poetic inspiration to anyone who drank it. Um but I think the most interesting one here that I did not realize the term honeymoon can be traced to the medieval tradition of drinking this honey wine for a full cycle of the moon after marriage mead was thought to be an aphrodisiac and if it was consumed by newlyweds offspring would hopefully soon follow a bride's father would often include enough mead in her dowry to last a month basically the bride's father saying you're gonna have to get really fucked up to fuck my daughter I don't know why I suddenly turned a medieval guy into a southerner, but eh, whatever. Ah, <sighs> so um, that's that's uh, I think that's pretty much uh, everything I got about mead here. Uh, after the break, I got a few things coming up. Um, you know your standard lists and whatnot, stuff stuff that I didn't get to last week. Um, apparently, why Australians drink so fucking much. Um, a topic that Siobhan actually uh, uh mentioned on the facebook group that i want to touch upon a little bit uh basically about what catches your eye visually when buying a beer and that's it it, it's relevant to her because she is blind so she's not able to have a beer really catch her eye. so she has to rely on other factors with it so personally I i think that's a that's an interesting topic there too so uh we'll be back in just a bit after this Alcohol
0: by Cheers. volume, Kevin Show, oh, hey, oh, we're hey. it's the name of the show, hey. More like radio, less like crap. Want more alcohol by volume? Because I'm
1: kind of drunk for this shit nuts. Download past episodes at morelikeradio.org. Join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. Like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash NLR alcohol by volume. And follow along on Twitter at mlr underscore alcohol. I find you all drunk in fit? Are you I
0: am drunk, I wouldn't be talking to you. Fuck radio meltdown. I literally think I got an Instagram. I think I posted one, possibly two photos, and I haven't touched the scenes. Both of beer. No, actually, uh, one of them was of... Uh, His I know balls. I... <laughs> it
1: never ends. <laughs> Talk Radio Meltdown every Friday from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern on morelikeradio.com. Hey, smokers.
0: You stink. I'm not talking about your character. That's a given. I'm talking about your clothes. It's time to kick the butts and move over to something more pleasant. I'm talking about e
1: syncs from Smokeless Image they're cheaper than cigarettes, don't smell, and are available in a wide variety of flavors ranging from mints, fruits, desserts, or the traditional tobacco flavors if that's what you want. Simply go to tinyurl.com mlrsmoke for all your vaping needs. That's tinyurl.com mlrsmoke The Conti and Kenny Show. Real, real quick, Marianne in the chat room was like, Do I know you mudflaps? Never thought I'd ever ask a question like that. <laughs> but, uh, no, that's me. <laughs> she must have been standing naked over a mirror on the floor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do I know you mudflaps? My gyno does. Open up. Here comes the here comes the uh, the, the, the tongs. Here comes the old <laughs> vagina salad tongues. <laughs>
1: Come on, I see a crouton in (laughs) there. The
0: Conti and Kenny Show. Monday nights, 7 to 10, on morelikeradio.com.
1: Hey, are you absolute garbage? Let me guess an alcoholic? A drug addict? When was the last time you were even out of your house? Well, why don't you join us for The Red Show? We're all about personal betterment and self esteem. I want
0: to do, uh, you know, maybe like uh, City Meets the Swamp, something, something. I hope it ends up with the fucking city getting eaten by a goddamn alligator. Ambassadors of Peace, at any income level. That's what we do
1: here, we're all about olive branches. <laughs> no, you're a
0: fucking white trash asshole, you're about Olive fucking Garden, okay?
1: <laughs> <laughs> One thing we don't forget is how important our fans are. Is
0: there anything more you want to say about any of these uh, cocksuckers that are listening? No, I don't think so. Okay. And we
1: recognize the struggles and hardships of our friends.
0: We don't give a fuck. I hope you relapsed. <laughs> burn in hell, bull. Oh my god. What you I meant do? I love you, bro. Get better. <sighs> so come join us live Wednesday nights and experience functional substance abuse on The Red Show. Only on More Like Radio. You're doing some things with Enya, correct? I, I hope you end your life. Nah. <laughs> now get off the, <laughs> microphone. Get off the <laughs> microphone while I talk to
1: my pal. Mr. Turtle... How many hosts does it take to make a podcast as good as the Shy Kids podcast?
0: I ain't never made it through a whole episode. Ask Mr. Owl.
1: Mr. Owl, how many hosts does it take to make a podcast as good as the Shy Kids podcast? Let's find
0: out. A one, a two, a three, three. How many hosts does it take to make a podcast as good as The Shy Kids Podcast? The world may never know.
1: I said three, motherfucker.
0: The Shy Kids Podcast, Saturdays, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, at morelikeradio.com. We are the Shy Kids. See right there. It's You know the way at the start of the last episode, we went through uh, different nationalities, you know? And now people know that we're Irish. <laughs> and now people know that we're all shite at accents as well. <laughs> but I was wondering, is it prejudice to not make fun of like all of the countries?
1: Where are you going for here?
0: Well name check every country on the show, that way no one can be mad. How about that? I could do Swedish. Oh yeah, cool. Very birdie. And to the Italians. Papa poopy. Papa poopy. <laughs> okay.
1: To the Mexicans. Hey, hey, Amen. <laughs> uh Spain?
0: That's <laughs> uh, Singapore. Oh. <laughs> 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 Amazing. Australians? No. You big loop are you?
1: No, that sounds That's like an or something. <laughs> That's right, we never slide off the Irish, do we?
0: Someone put a bomb in me potato. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go. OSW Review. All Irish, all racist.
0: Saturday's noon east. Join Halls and Rorschach as they bring you the news you need to get you through your weekend. Ollie? Ollie, can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> okay, Ollie, I'm outside right now. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's really boring out here. Uh, Sounds like it. Where are you at? Are you in Antarctica? <laughs>
1: Uh, wait a minute, Holly, I see somebody coming toward me. There's a, there's a man coming toward me. Hold uh, yeah, on a second. Oh, what, you, uh,
0: what are you doing in my yard? I'm getting too old for this shit. Oh, God, it's Danny Glover. I just want to say that this snowstorm is a bunch of fucking bullshit out here. I'm going to let you go back in the house, Rorschach, because the sound effect is about to run out. Hey guys, it's Hollis from It's All About Me. Join Rorschach and myself every Saturday from noon to 2 Eastern Time right here on More Like Radio. Do you like video games? Are you a little antisocial? Well, listen to Antisocial Gamer Radio, Tuesdays from 3 to 5 on morelikeradio.com. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code DEAL48 at checkout and you'll get all 10 free gifts including free shipping that's offer code deal48 that's d-e-a-l-48 at adamandeve.com
1: hey you yes you guessed 10,542 change your username and while you're in a more like radio live page listening to fine quality programming notice the banner edge just slightly above the chat room it's a link to something you want in amazon click it it's probably reminding you to order something you need from Amazon.com. Don't leave MLR and type the URL like a sucker. Just click the link, and it'll open in a new window. This way you can buy your shit and continue listening to the show. Now,
0: change your username. Right there on the right, stupid. A tub of light up stronger than Owen Hart's safety harness. More like Radio.com. Other internet radio stations are gay. You're listening to Alcohol by Volume on More Like Radio. In a story so bizarre, I can scarcely believe the events I'm reporting, and yet corroborated by at least a dozen eyewitnesses, a white male apparently fell from the sky above downtown Los Angeles today, landed in the middle of a busy intersection, destroying one vehicle and hospitalizing its elderly driver, and then was removed from the scene before emergency personnel could respond. Without a body, the police have yet to piece together the events of a day that can only be described as implausible. Reports of a second body landing in the Boyle Heights area have yet to be confirmed and are being treated as the bullshit they most likely are.
1: Welcome back to Alcohol by Volume here on More Like Radio. If you'd like to join in the live chat room... Like radio.com slash live um, and uh, going by what's going on Twitter right now it appears that uh, it is uh, John Cenzari's spanky spanky time because I'm seeing some uh, very large titted women in my feed at the moment and we always know when John does that ooh little Matt likes the song do you know the band though little Matt New Jersey's own midtown. Oh, miss them. Why did Gabe have to fucking end the band and start Cobra Starship instead? Oof. Ah, damn it. Okay. Uh so, uh the next little topic coming up here. Uh, this was uh, asked by Siobhan on the Facebook group. Facebook.com slash groups slash alcohol by volume. What catches your eye visually when buying a beer? I, as a blind person, have to go on names and stout, ale, lager, etc. To be honest, half the names I won't go for because of their names. Now, um, (laughs) Uh, let's see. Marie had a comment first here. Uh, She said flavors. I'm big on trying new, different things. Fruit beers, chocolate stouts. As long as it doesn't sound too weird, I'll give it a try. I also enjoy, enjoy buying local whenever I can that's that last bit, that's one big thing with me, is that if I'm completely stumped on things to buy, I will more often than not try and go with a local um local brewer as opposed to, you know, somebody from California, Colorado or whatnot. Um you know, if, if I if I'm in the mood for an IPA and I don't feel like just, you know, trying something random, I'll go for an IPA from, you know, Cricket Hill. Um if I want I'm trying to um uh, you know any 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 something pops up on the taps from Carton Brewing, I'll grab that. Um and it's straight there's been some stuff at the local liquor store on tap from Carton. I just haven't gotten over there with my growlers, just haven't had the motivation. Uh, but like anytime I see a four pack of their boat beer in the case, I always seem to pick that up. And that was what I may have allegedly been, um, enjoying during lunch breaks. Allegedly, completely allegedly. Um, but yeah, the local, the local thing is a big one with me. Um, and then, um, let's see a little Matt. He had, um. Usually, beer labels are a good indicator of whether they're craft or not. The more intricate the detail, of beer label, the more crafty, and vice versa. Uh, I don't normally straight out buy a new beer without reading something on Untapped, and that was kind of where I uh, where I dipped into it too, where you know I, I was saying um, I, I'm not going to read my comment verbatim, but I, I will sometimes judge a bottle by its label. I'll, I'll look at it if it catches my eye. I you know may give it more than just a glance like Marie I've always liked to try the new and different stuff and I I think to to a degree I might even be more adventurous than Marie um I I find myself for some reason I have been finding it more and more that I like the integration of pepper into beers whether it's hot peppers or we're talking black pepper or african-american pepper if you so desire um and, you know, and those kind of spices like that. Um, there, there are a few. Like, I mean, there, there have been some uh, chili beers that I've had that are a bit overwhelming in the pepper side, and there are others that really nicely mellow it out and just give you that soft little burn in the back of your throat. Um, not for everyone, but that's that's one of those examples of something different that I like. That Mama Mia's pizza beer. People see that and they freak about that thinking that it's just the most disgusting sounding thing that they actually they actually add pizza into the mash and the taste of it 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 has it has those hints of garlic breadiness just a little bit of like almost a that bite of a tomato again some people might think it's just ugh Whereas I, I think it's fantastic. And it, to this day, I still have not paired it with a pizza yet, and I really, really need to do that. Um, but, um, you know, about the different stuff, I, I fruit beers are always a safe bet for me. But like I finished in my comment to Siobhan, um, the best bet with those beers that really tell you nothing about them and are all about the clever name is and sometimes don't even tell you whether it's an ale or a stout or whatever. I mean, I, I, it amazes me the amount of beers out there that go completely, at least for the label, go for style over substance. And that, that does not help unless you already know what that beer is. Um, but for those beers, you can always do some research via the sites like Beer Advocate, Rate Beer, even to a lesser degree untapped um most of that's more logging less reviewing but still sometimes you'll get a sense out of it but um and and a lot of especially on beer advocate you'll get people talking bullshit on there but a lot of the times you'll at least get a general idea of the flavor profile of the beer um and obviously you'll find out the style straight off um You'll find out if it's, it, you know, for instance, like, you know, let, let's say stouts. You'll find out if it's stout that has, you know, more roasted coffee elements versus chocolatey elements. Or it might be a stout that has more of a um, more of a bready element to it. Um, or even um, fuck, fuck, fuck. Uh, I was going somewhere in my head and I just completely ran it over and tossed it into the ditch um stout and flavors and chocolatey and roasty and that was going somewhere with that but you know um okay yeah you know like imperial stouts will have more you know some of them will have more of like that kind of um licorice or anise flavor in there um some of them will even have those like the caramel notes and stuff like that so much like there's only so much you can get from a bottle, even on some of the best-described beers out there. So th- those sites are indispensable. Even if people are talking completely out of their asses, um, I'm trying to think of... Um, God damn, there, there, was, there was another good resource that I was thinking of, and I have completely blanked out on it. Um, <laughs> even if people are talking completely out of their asses. Well, you know... Okay, little Matt says Tuesday's eight to ten. Well, eight to ten a.m. there, six to eight here on the East Coast, and then wherever else your time zone is. Um, so let's see, what else do I dip into tonight? Um, this was this was actually a, a good list that I uh, I was I was tagged in uh, in this post. Uh, she actually uh, Kelly Duchess X uh, sent it to my wife and tagged me on it. And uh, it's The Ten Stark Truths of Dating a Beer Nerd. Uh, This actually hit a little bit close to home. Um, Oh, and Siobhan says, uh, let's see, buffering, pissing me off. Officially, goddamn, was like four separate parts. Ah! I don't know why the feed is being a jerk. I don't think it's disconnecting any on my end, so I think it's uh, everything else. (laughs) Little Matt, that's rude. Um. Where the hell was I? Um, oh, there we go. Uh, okay, number one on here. You'll be forced to sit in a dark bar on bright and sunny days. Now, to be fair, I do not drag my wife to bars. I I typically don't go to bars at all. Um, the only times I've been to bars, like straight up bars and not, you know, TGI Friday, in recent memory, was usually MLR related. So um, yeah, um, so I'll kind of skip through that one because that, that one that one doesn't apply to me at all. Um, I, I do tend to drag my wife to breweries if that counts, and those aren't dark; those are nice. Those are fun and festive. Um, normally, normally I would do that kind of shit on my own, but I part of me feels guilty about leaving my wife with the kids and part of me says "Eh, i don't want to leave her out of this i mean if she really doesn't want to go she'll tell me that's kind of the way i feel about it um let's see ah bad 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 internet um let's see uh number three yes but it was still a cold and dusty warehouse. You'll spend countless hours of your life in warehouses and industrial parks. If you date a beer geek, because those are the only places breweries are located. And they go on to say, that's not true. Um, I've taken you on terrific trips to wonderful breweries located under highways. That's kind of cool. Other half brewing company way off in the mountains, in Alpine and in New Jersey carton brewing. Yes. Yes. Um, Carton was not in an industrial park. Um Kane was uh Cricket Hill was <laughs> um and and Cricket Hill was kind of a, you know, cold dusty warehouse kind of feel. Um Kane was more of a bright warehouse feel and Carton was just Carton was awesome. Carton was great. If you're in New Jersey, particularly like more South Jersey, and you have a chance to go to Carton Brewing. I highly, highly suggest it. Very, very cool place. Not not very big, but very cool. Um, and I have to check out... Ah, hell, what was it? Um, uh, I think it was River Horse, actually. I, don't, I think River Horse is uh, pretty close by to me. I got to check. I know there's more stuff around me. I've actually found out. Uh, number four, he'll think brewery t-shirts are always appropriate attire no matter the occasion. Well, Yes! Yes, they are. Um, and the, the article writer agrees. They usually are. They're hip and one of a kind. They come in many different colors and they fit me well and they're good conversation starters. And the wife chimes in and most of them have lame skulls or dragons on them. Well, fuck, mine don't. I have a I have a wirebocker shirt that has uh, some hops on it. It's a Last Chance IPA shirt. I have a couple shirts from the Garden State Brewfest. Actually, I have three shirts from Garden State Brewfest because I've been there three times. Um... I'm getting a stone shirt coming my way. Um, I think that's it, though. I don't have as many as I thought I did. Um, Number five, he'll think other geeks are impressed by his obscure beer shirts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He's saying, uh, bartenders are always quick to serve us when I have on my Surly or Allagash T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. I I guess I could kind of be like that. Um let's see what's this one Um, now this is weird because like they stopped they stopped using numbers at one point here Ooh, the back. It still took you over an hour in the store to find all the beers you wanted. Well, they do have one of the best selections in America. Yes, but at every beer store, you scan the same shelves over and over and over again. Anytime I go into a beer store with you, I know I'm going to be there for an hour at least. Ask my wife. This is completely true with me to the point where she does not go into the beer, the liquor stores with me anymore. Most of the time when I go to the liquor store, she is not even. You know, she's not even in the car with me anymore. Um, I, I go on my own time and let her do her own thing, because I will go to the store and I will just walk back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and like the guy in the article says, because what if I miss something? I couldn't live with myself. I feel the same way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um um let's see number seven he'll never want to take photos of you only of his beers Uh, i'm not as bad as some people but yes i do take pictures of my beer sometimes and i don't take very good pictures either um i wouldn't want to forget that great beer i just drank what if i never get to have it again i know what you look like and you know what i look like so why do we need more pictures of us She responds, then why do you always make me take pictures of you alone in front of famous beer places? Yeah. Uh, Okay. Number eight. Number eight is me, and my wife uh, said as much. You'll have to find ways to occupy your time while he checks in his beers. You know I just use Untapped, so I can just remember all the great beers I've had. If you're so bored, maybe you should get an account too. Yeah. I, oof, I do this at uh, at festivals too, which probably really really annoys people. Um, I probably need to start going to festivals by myself so I don't annoy people, uh, except for maybe you know, people that are trying to get past me in the throngs of people. Um, oh, let's see. Uh, number nine. He'll never let anyone else pick bars or restaurants. Okay, to be fair, uh, whenever my wife and I go out and eat, it's us. And our kids. And that's pretty much about it. And um, the selection of the places we go with our kids is pretty limited. uh, Pretty much to TGI Fridays. And uh, it's funny because I wasn't on Hippo Juice. uh, There was a big discussion about TGI Fridays. uh, Fuck you, Mitch. Sorry, I like TGI Fridays. Um, Or Buffalo Wild Wings, which... Little little side tangent here. Uh, last weekend, uh, me and my wife and my kids were out, and uh, we stopped off at Toys R Us. And I had to check and see if there were any Transformers that I needed. What can I say? And when we were leaving, my son goes, "I want chicken, mommy," and she's like, "Oh, you want chicken nuggets?" And you know, she was thinking, you know, maybe he wanted a Happy Meal from McDonald's or something. He goes. No mommy, I want chicken across the street Well, pretty much across the way from that Toys R Us is a fucking buffalo wild wings. The kid fucking recognized the place <sighs> And I, I I felt bad, so I, I got him a, a snack size of, of boneless wings and he very much enjoyed them. He he ate pretty much the entire thing. Um So yeah, I I I'm I'm at that point. I, I I can't not let anybody else pick bars or restaurants. It's pretty much where my kid wants to eat at this point, so that that one does not apply to me anymore. Um, and little Matt says, uh, "I'm definitely an Olive Garden man." No, no, no. I, I, I used to be an Olive Garden man, but I have not uh, been to Olive Garden in years since we actually finally like where where we're at. We have some really good Italian restaurants. Uh, one just down the street, and then uh, one a little bit further away, but both of them fucking fantastic. I and after hearing the stories from Hammy of um of Olive Garden, oh, I would never go back to an Olive Garden. Jesus Christ, no. Um, let's see, last one in this list. That's not a positive. We have uh, blah, 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 um. Oh, okay, she was talking about uh fridge and closet are always packed full of obscure delights you can drink whenever you want blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's not a positive we have no room to store any other food in our apartment because there are bottles and cans and growlers in every last corner of space um, I'm not that bad thankfully I, I save some bottles I don't save all my bottles but I, I've saved I've saved a few uh, you know more of like the rarities and just particular designs I kind of like uh, of course I have my you know my bottles of like rum and stuff that I haven't killed off yet. I got my utopias. uh, I don't think you really call that a bottle. Uh, Whatever, whatever you want to call that. Um, uh, I mean, that obviously when I do some time in the far flung off future, I'm not getting rid of that empty utopias. Uh, I'll say bottle just for the sake of saying bottle here. Um, I got I got my absinthe still here. I got my bacon vodka upstairs right now because I make screwdrivers with that every so often. Um, you know, I've got a few like beer signs. I got a, a Tin Yingling sign, a Cricket Hill sign. I got a poster from uh, Dominion Brewing. I got a Beck's beer. Um, it's one of those, it's not quite a mirror, but it's like that shiny surface kind of thing going on. I got my bottle cap shadow box, which is building in height pretty decently and I got my carton brewing uh, poker chip front and center in there too but I'm not that bad I haven't like you know taken up all corners of the house aging stuff um I do have a tendency to take over the fridge sometimes especially if I've gotten growlers but it, it's slowly thinning out right now like I said right now in terms of booze in the fridge I got that two captain's double IPA I got two bottles of the coffee oatmeal brown and I got the one uh, bottle of the mead. And then I got the box of wine. And that's it in the fridge. That is that is the smallest amount of alcohol I've had in that fridge in months. And I don't know what that says about me, honestly, right now. Um, that's basically the end of that list there. Kind of tangented off a bit. Um, okay. <laughs> Little Matt says, The day Kevin built a beer shed with integrated bar will be the last day we see him. Yeah, you remember that show where I was talking about the, um, you? I was talking about the beer shed. I mean, I would fucking love to have one of those because I could, I could stock a lot of stuff in there and not worry about taking up space in the fridge and then needing to, you know, free up space in the fridge and, I, you know, age more stuff and just not think about it. Um, <laughs> you fucking smartass. I'd say you had more of the fridge when you were 240 pounds, to be honest. This is true. This is true. I probably did. Uh Yeah, I think, what was it, last week? Last week, I clocked in at a nice, healthy, and not at all obese, perfectly normal, 151.4... Wait, yeah, 151.4 pounds. uh, I got, you know, 1.4 pounds to lose until I'm at a very happy, nice, even weight for, well... I don't want to leave myself at you know weird number like one fifty one point four. I'm a little OCD like that. I gotta have you know a nice even like one fifty. Makes sense, right? Body fat percentage is like I think below or it's like right around fourteen or something. Nobody gives a shit. Whatever. Um, Country storm is wondering if there are places with growlers there in San Francisco. I would not be surprised. Um, Look look for. like if you're, if you're doing internet searches and stuff, first off, look for brew pubs. Brew pubs will almost certainly fill growlers there. But then you're also going to have your, your um, craft beer-based restaurants that will fill growlers. There, there was a place that I found out recently that's like five minutes from my work in uh, Morristown, New Jersey. It's, it's a gastro pub. They do growlers there. They're a little bit more pricey than what I usually pay at the liquor store. But, um, I mean, they were having, uh, this past, last Thursday, they had, uh, bottles of, uh, Founders KBS there. And then a whole bunch of really good stuff on, uh, on tap for growlers. Average price was about $20 for a growler, fill. I usually don't pay much more than like 13 or so. Um, and little Matt wants to know how tall I am. Uh, five, seven, I'm short. So, uh. Yeah. At 57 and 151. I mean, I'm imagine imagine when I was 57 and 240, almost 250. Yeah, that that was a rough rough time, but uh this this is why I run uh, pretty much every day now and uh in fact, I have not missed a day in September. I think uh today is the 23rd, so I believe today was my 26th straight consecutive day of running. I'm fucking insane. Uh, My ankle started to hurt yesterday and then it was fine today. And then I walked during my lunch break today. I got a fucking blister, so I'm going to be sore on that foot tomorrow. And blah, 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 blah. And this is not a health podcast. This is about beer. Beer, 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 beer. Um. (laughs) Little Matt says he's 6'1 and 130. Your rich man, Sean Waters. Oh, goddamn. You're skinny, dude. Jesus Christ oof i'm short this 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 is why i gotta lose weight because i'm short and i just oh I, I don't i don't wear the weight well Ugh, i want abs i want fucking abs i know i'm not gonna get him but i want abs um <laughs> i don't know where the. uh let's see speaking of australians Uh, from news.com.au studies show Australians rarely have sex when they're sober now initially I thought this was saying all Australians have to be fucking pissed to well to fuck Um, uh, this is in relation to casual sex not married or committed sex they're talking about casual sex in this article um, oh, and you know, really quick before I forget, uh, when I logged in on uh, this evil genius, uh, IPA style mead on untapped, somebody else had a perfect description of this one. And it, this is probably the best way I can describe it to you now, Siobhan. It's like a hopped dessert wine. That is what this one tastes like. A hopped dessert wine. So if you've ever had a dessert wine, you'll have a general idea there. Uh, I, I used to fucking love dessert wines. That was back in my uh, my back when I was a member of a wine club and I had wine sent to my door. <laughs> so back to this article here. For most Australians, dating and drinking go hand in hand. Pubs and clubs set the scene for hookups and first dates tend to be at bars where so we turn to a glass or bottle of wine uh, to take the edge off our nerves. But what starts out as social lubricant can lead to social dysfunction. Uh, sex therapist Jacqueline Haler or I'm sorry, Hellier, told News.com.au that she's seen a rise in the number of couples who have never had sober sex. Are you kidding me? Um, whiskey dick has to factor in there somewhere. Come on. Uh, It's not unusual for me to meet couples who only ever have sex in substance-induced states, she said. When they meet, they're on alcohol or drugs, and when they first have sex, they're drinking or doing drugs. It develops into a relationship, but they're still only having sex when they go out and drink or get on drugs. So they're still talking about committed here to a point. Uh, Desiree Spearing, sex therapist from Sexual Health Australia, shaw said it's been an increasing problem in the past two years. We're seeing an increase in couples who have only had sex with each other while using drugs or alcohol and cannot get aroused without it. What the fuck? Again, whiskey dick? Come on. I mean, I've had that happen before. I'll admit it. 35. You know, not, not at that point where, you know, I need pills, but, you know a little bit too much drinking it'll it'll affect you Uh, while drinking on dates is hardly a new trend Spearing said these days many people find it difficult to move from casual substance induced sex to a relationship yeah well you've you've set the precedent there Um, little mad says I know at least half a dozen couples who are just like that that's scary and country storm um, oh fuck I'm trying to remember the comedian who uh, he said why do they call it casual sex is there such a thing as formal sex oh damn it I'm forgetting there was a comedian. It's going to come to me in like an hour, which doesn't help you guys. Uh, He said, you know, I don't have casual sex. I opt for the uh, formal variety. I like to wear a cummerbund. Uh, Like speak all proper. Like, excuse me, Miss Penelope. Would you mind if I rammed you in the can? You know, stuff like that. Somebody, somebody out there is going to know who the hell I'm talking about. Um, so we get back to this. Uh, they get anxious because it would mean relating to their partner while not using drugs on a day-to-day basis. Yes, that is really tough. Interacting with people while not on drugs or boo... Well, actually, wait. Uh, pot. Kettle. Yeah, that's me. Uh, yeah, I'm on enough pills and booze. Come on. Uh, we see them in therapy when they try to change their lifestyle and not use drugs any longer, and they find it hard to keep the passion going and maintain an active sex life. You know what it probably is? You can only stand the person when you're drunk or high. Maybe? Uh, but substance-induced sex is not just limited to young partygoers. goers Hellyer said she also hears from housewives who need a couple of wines at dinner to get in the mood. Well, that, that's just because she's a frigid bitch. Come on. Uh, people use it for relaxation and as a bit of an inhibitor as well. Um, an Australian survey of young adults found 92% People who had had casual sex in the past six months had used alcohol or drugs 92%. Uh, a survey of American University students found a third had consumed about five drinks before their most recent sexual encounter. Well, yeah, the only time you get laid in college is if you're drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, Rachel Kramer Bussel, editor of Best Sex Writing 2013, told uh, news.com.au, to quitting alcohol four years ago for her to realize what a major impact drinking had on her sex life, it would help bypass the part of my brain telling me to go more slowly or be more cautious. I definitely used to alcohol to be bolder in approaching and coming on to people. With sober sex, I'm more conscious of what I'm doing. I can judge if I'm not really into a person or a sex act, and I can speak for myself better. Uh, and then they go on to say like how alcohol. Dulls the alarm signal that normally warns you when you're making a mistake, and I, I, you know, I, I understand that. I, I've made many a mistake when I'm drunk. You know, drunk tweets and you know, haven't sent out cockpits. But you know, the, the night is young. Uh, you know, wake up next to someone who's not your type. Pretty awkward, embarrassing. Um, and the article kind of goes on with that, and I haven't been single in so long. And when I was, I didn't really drink, but if I had to get back into the dating world now, you can bet I'd be drinking my fucking head off uh, before a date. I mean, I, I would probably be at danger of mixing the Xanax and the booze, too, and I would completely make an ass out of myself on a date. Um, I mean, even even in the best of nervous situations... I I need a drink or two to take the edge off. I mean, if I was uh if I was going out on a date, I'd probably have let's say <laughs> little Matt just posted some Chanel rubbers for classy motherfuckers. Um if if I if I was single and I had to go out on a date, this is probably what I would end up doing. I would agonize over the date. And th- th- this is assuming I actually got the balls to ask someone out. I was not smooth in the dating world. That's why it's very lucky I'm married right now. Um, I would probably have a beer, possibly two depending on the alcohol level, before going out, you know, meeting her or picking her up or whatever for the date. If I was meeting her somewhere for the date, I would probably have another beer hidden in the car that I could chug before I went in to meet her and then a piece of minty gum so I'm not smelling like a complete boozer. If I am picking her up and taking her somewhere for a date, it is probably going to be somewhere that has beer, thank God, and I can slowly maintain myself as time goes on and keep the confidence level up. But, oof, I, believe me, I, I do not envy people that have to be in that world now. It is not, 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 not a good place for someone as crazy anxious as I am um, holy shit 749 you know what um, I I got other stuff that I'll I'll I'll, I'll hold off till next week I, I, I love having too much material it makes me feel good it makes me feel like I'm actually filling the hour properly or er, filling the hour two hours this is a two hour show Kevin did you forget um, there's actually a topic that I uh, you know I'll, I'll tease it right now because I'm going to um, talk about it next week and this was uh, from Little Matt. Um, he's wondering, you know, is it good or bad to have some expectations for beer purchases? Now, what he's saying here is if you have been waiting for a beer and you go out and get said beer thinking, you know, oh, you know, I, I've been waiting for this. This is going to be the fucking best. I, I've wanted to try this for so long and that it doesn't quite meet your expectations it's not that it's bad but it's not that as he described it five star below your face off beer good but not necessarily the great that you wanted it to be um you know have have you you know have you had those expectations where there was that one beer you were waiting for and not necessarily found yourself disappointed, but slightly underwhelmed. Curious about that. I mean, there, there was one beer uh, recently I was waiting for. It was the Stone um, Coffee Milk Stout, and that met every expectation. It was it was basically what I was expecting Stone to provide me. I was very happy with that. There have been other ones I've had where, um, what was it, um, maybe not hype hype waiting for it um, but uh, what was it uh, Terrapin Orange Dreamsicle and I was expecting something so different from that and it w- was not even close it wasn't bad but it was nowhere near what I was expecting so we'll talk about that next week I, th- I think that'll be a that'll be a good one to go over and I'll post that on the Facebook group facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume but let me uh, rail through the uh, new beer releases and reveals I have a decent decent amount this week so I want to In the next nine minutes, nail through them. Uh, Stone Smoked Porter, but uh, this is a uh, variety of it. Stone Smoked Porter with chocolate and orange, okay? This is one I'm going to be waiting for. Uh, This is one I have high hopes for. I like Stone Smoked Porter, and I like chocolate and orange in my beer. Uh, And actually, technically, it's chocolate and orange peel, sorry. Um But this joins Stone's line of smoked porter variants. It incorporates dark chocolate and orange peel, making for a semi-sweet, citrus-nuanced porter that comes across like a break-apart chocolate orange, which is one of my holiday favorites. I believe, I want to say it was Harpoon had one that had a very similar kind of flavor profile to it that was supposed to be like the break-apart chocolate orange. Done very well. I have a feeling Stone is going to knock it out of the fucking park with this one. 5.9% Um, 5.9% ABV in 22 ounce bottles. It is releasing nationwide on October 6th, so keep your eye out for that. This one, not nationwide, sadly, makes me sad because it's not going to be in my area. Stone Enjoy by 103114, shipping to 11 markets, including California, Colorado, Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio, uh, Missouri, Illinois, Pennsylvania, uh, maybe I'll have to go into Pennsylvania to get it. South Carolina, Georgia, and North Carolina. 9.4% ABV, 88 IBUs. It's going to be in twenty-two ounce bottles as usual. With an impressive roster of hops, including uh, Autonom, Super Galena, Simcoe, Amarillo, Delta, Target, Calypso, Cascade, Citra, Galaxy, Nelson Sauvin, Motuka, and Helga. Uh, so that is... Um, I don't know if I have a release date on that one yet, but considering it's a 10 14 enjoy buy, we will probably see that shipping to the markets, uh, I'd say, by next week. Uh, next one I got up here from Odell Brewing uh, out of Fort Collins, Colorado. Odell does some pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good stuff. This is Gramps Oatmeal Stout. It's included in Odell's new fall-winter montage variety pack is alongside their IPA, 5-barrel pale ale, and fall-seasonal isolation ale. It's brewed with flaked oats and roasted malt, 6% ABV, and 12-ounce bottles. And again, it's part of their new variety pack. This is another, uh, actually another couple that are going to be non-local to me. But if you're in Maryland, you are in luck. Let me post the first one in the chat here. And while I'm at it, I'll post a second because they kind of go hand in hand here. And if you like cookies, you'll probably like these. There are two new cookie-inspired releases from Flying Dog. Oatmeal Raisin Stout its a collaboration with Maryland staple Otter Beans Cookies, and it's intended to be paired with Otter Beans Oatmeal Raisin Cookies. It's going to be 6.6% ABV in 12-ounce bottles. Then you got uh, Roasted Peanut Brown Ale, intended to be paired with Otter Beans Chocolate Chip Cookies, 5% ABV in 12-ounce bottles. Both will be part of a cookie-themed variety pack that will only be available in Maryland. If there are any listeners in Maryland who want to send me a pack, email me, um, and I will, I will, I will send you beer from here because I technically can't send you money for it because that would be illegal. Uh, Goose Island, the Muddy Imperial Stout that is releasing—I I, want to say I reported on that before, but it's actually releasing now. Um, let's see here. Uh, It's the third beer in their Imperial series. It pays homage to the 1940s Chicago Blues scene. It's a 10.1% ABV Imperial Stout brewed with Brewer's Licorice. See, there's the Imperial Stout with the Licorice. And Belgian Rock Candy Sugar. So that's one. uh, If I see that, I'm I'm picking it up. I have a feeling I'm not going to find it. Um, There's another one I have a feeling I'm probably not going to find because I don't think I've seen any of the Founders backstage series. But stranger things have happened. This is Founders Big Luscious, the 11th installment in their backstage series. It's a chocolate raspberry stout. Um, I've had chocolate raspberry stouts. I haven't had one that completely blew me away yet, though. Uh, It was either heavy on the chocolate, not as much on the raspberry, or heavy on the raspberry, not as much on the chocolate. I haven't hit that right blend yet. The taste is described as a deep, rich stout that's packed with flavor, roasted malts, all-natural dark chocolate, a subtle suggestion of burnt coffee grounds, and a kiss of tart raspberries. 7.8% ABV and 750 milliliter bottles will be released in limited quantities beginning on December 1st. This is another another kind of local-ish release. Not local for me, but Spencer Trappist Ale... Spencer is America's only Trappist Brewery. They're based out of uh, Massachusetts. and They've actually signed a distribution deal to bring their only release, which is Spencer Trappist Ale, to Georgia. Details are still being finalized, but it'll be distributed through Atlanta Beverage and Eagle Rock. It's a Belgian-style pale ale, 6.5% ABV, and it's packaged in 11.2-ounce bottles. And why did I just do that? Oops. Um, let's see here. Uh, hold on a second. Um, yeah, fucking an image for that one. Whatever. Uh, Sam Adams, Cosmic Motherfunk Grand Crew. Unique Belgian ale aged in Hungarian oak tons for over a year and fermented with multiple microorganisms found in the environment of the historic brewery. So a touch of Belgian candy sugar has been added to balance the beer's tart acidity and lend a smoothness and sweetness to the finish. Ah, hello, Marie. Wow, Marie in the chat. M- Mrs. Missus MLR herself. <laughs> Just testing up the new laptop, don't mind me. Okay, no problem, Marie. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, Cosmic Motherfunk debuted on August 23rd in San Diego at the 2014 Beer Bloggers Conference which was followed by availability on draft and select U.S. cities as part of the Cosmic Motherfunk Grand Crew 12-City Tasting Tour, which run, runs through November. Holy crap, that was a mouthful. I'm not even going to tell you the cities. Uh, okay, fine, I will. Boston, New York, Denver, Cleveland, Dallas, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., Chicago, San Francisco, San Diego, Seattle, and then one final city that will be voted on by fans. Um, <laughs> little Matt says the fun popo be here watch out Kevin no Marie likes me sort of I make videos for her come on uh, Cosmic Mother Funk is actually at the core of all of Sam Adams barrel room collection beers I think I knew that but kind of rediscovered it through this release um, it's blended into each one at different levels and actually was blended into their utopias line for the first time with their 2013 utopias release I don't remember if mine is the 2013 let's see here uh, I got a minute left, just about. So hold on. I'm checking here. I'm checking. I'm checking the Utopia's bottle. Uh, I don't remember if it says a year on here. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Uh. Oh yeah, 2013. So mine has the the Cosmic Mother Funk mixed into it, and that was the first time that they did this. So I I actually got to taste a little bit of Cosmic Mother Funk without even release or yeah, without even realizing it, which is kind of nice. So um, I think that's it. Yep, yeah, that's uh, that's all the new releases and reveals, which is good because it's eight o'clock. Uh, so let me go the rundown here. If there's a local beer you think I should try, like um, I don't know those those cookie ones from Flying Dog, uh, email me at Kevin at morelikeradio.com. See if we can work out a beer trade. The ABV beer tasting list. I'm always adding stuff to that. Tinyurl.com slash ABV beer tasting. Join in, add stuff. It's an open spreadsheet. Join the Facebook group. Check out what we're talking about. Facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. Like the ABV Facebook page. Facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. Follow me on Twitter at EDICIUS. That's Odysseus. Or the show's Twitter at MLR underscore alcohol. You can follow me on Untapped, alcohol by volume, all one word. Coming up next, My Time Now with J5, followed by Out of Office and Royce. I don't know if that's just back this week. We'll find out. Tune in at 10 to find out. I will see you guys next week.